You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. So I'm going to speak today about um, what I'm calling unexpected or unforeseen blessings. Um, and this is something that is a little bit unusual maybe, but I think it speaks into your life today. You see, we're all there and the media has us all tight about unexpected curses. And we're wondering, am I going to pick up the virus? Am I going to pick it up that note and pass it on to someone who is vulnerable and they end up in hospital? It's like there's an unexpected expectation pumped out by the media, and I get it to a degree, but I just want to speak God's word into the situation as well, and maybe bring a little bit more balance into it all as we look at the scripture. So I'm going to talk about, for your life, the unexpected blessings, the unforeseen blessings, that perhaps are about to come your way. And every time you step outside your door and you wonder, will I pick up something and have an unexpected problem? How about stepping outside your door as well, and as well as just being wise and careful, wondering, is God going to bless me in an unexpected Amen. So I pray, Lord, your word would feed our souls. Whatever is of me, let it be forgotten. Whatever is of your Holy Spirit, let it take root in our hearts. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Last week, I was talking about the silent blessings or the unexpected blessings that can happen in our lives. And we were looking at a load of things like when you have your health, it's a silent blessing. We take it for granted uh, and so on. And I was just looking very briefly, I'm not going to go into it hugely today, but we were looking at Rebecca. Rebecca who became Isaac's wife. This is Abraham's son who gave birth to Jacob and Esau and carried on the line of Israel, a life-giving blessing. And all of that happened in Genesis 24, you can see it here, but we saw that two chapters earlier in Genesis 22, we were talking about the telegram, it was like a kiss from the future into the present. It was like the Lord saying to Abraham, someone is coming into your life who's going to be a blessing. And she was a blessing to Isaac, a blessing to Abraham, a blessing to the people of Israel. She was one of the mothers in Israel. And of course, from her and Isaac came our Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to continue to a degree with that theme. I look today at the unexpected blessings. I'm going to look at uh, a well-known miracle in Luke chapter 7. Look at half a dozen verses there and then tie it into some others. Can I appeal to you? Have an open mind and an open heart as to what the Lord might say to you today as we look at possible unexpected blessings in your life. So let's read the scripture, Luke 7. It's all here on the screen and you can um, look at it yourself. If you want to get the full blessing and the full import of what I'm saying, read the chapter, the full chapter. Read the chapters around the scripture. Um, I don't have time in 30 minutes to go into all of that, but you have time now perhaps to just study it wider and get the full impact of it. So we're in Galilee. And we're up where Jesus had his primary base of ministry. And that was up in Galilee in a triangle um, around Capernaum. Uh, we're in a town called Nain, or Nan, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. 
in Cork we call it Nain, but then it's not in Cork, so I could be wrong. And this was not far from where Jesus grew up in Nazareth. So it's in Galilee. Jesus is now in ministry publicly, and here's what happened. As Jesus was passing a town called Nain, he saw a dead person being carried out. And we're told this was the only son of a widow. And a large crowd from the town were with her. They were mourning with her. Sounds like the whole town came out to be with her in her grief. But Jesus, we're told, when he saw her, his heart went out to her and he was moved. And he said to her, don't cry. Don't cry. Then he went up and he touched the coffin and everyone stood still. And then he said to the dead man, I declare to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Everyone was filled with awe and praised God. And news of this spread all over Judea and beyond. What a powerful, wonderful example of the love of God. What has that got to do with your life today? Is this just a historical journey? No, in my opinion, this is real for us today. The first thing I'm struck with is we're told that Jesus was passing by name and he saw a dead person. Now, let me just focus on the dead person. If you look theologically, Jesus regarded death as an enemy. We're told in Revelation and elsewhere that at the end of times, the final, the ancient enemy, death will be defeated. Amen. There will come a time when there is no more death. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're not a believer, if you're not a Christian, if you're unsure, Christian, the Christian faith, the good news of the gospel is all about the future coming into the present. It's about that fight between life and death. It's life-giving power that will one day be, belong fully and completely to everyone who loves the Lord. But we're getting a foretaste here on earth as it were now. And that's uh, what's happening now. But Jesus regarded death as an enemy. And anywhere Jesus went, he didn't bring death. He brought life. Amen. He was a life giver. It's not that he was, he is a life giver. He healed, he raised the dead. This was his heart. The enemy brings death, Jesus brings life. I love the fact though that Jesus was passing by. What does that mean? I don't read that the widow in name was on her knees, fasting and praying, that the Lord would come and do something to her son. I'm not reading about a huge prayer meeting where the whole tongue was praying for this young man to be restored to life. I'm not seeing any of that. We don't even read that Jesus was going into Nain. If you read the full extent of it, he was just passing by the entrance, the gate, the road in, if you will, by the walls of this town. He was passing by, going somewhere, and he sees this situation. And he looks on and he sees that old enemy, death. And we're told 
that this wasn't just death, it was a young man and he was the only son of a widow. And again, just to give you a historical context, if you were a widow back then, your husband is dead, this woman emotionally had lost her husband and now she lost her only son. That meant, of course, financially, there was no social welfare. She was destitute. This woman, her life was effectively over. So this was a double blow. It was a perfect storm. Emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, you name it. This is hopeless on a human level. But Jesus is passing by. And we're told here, as we can see in verse 13, when Jesus saw her, his heart was moved and he said to her, don't cry. I think there's so much going on in these few words. The first thing we read is that Jesus was moved. There is a school of thought among some religious people, not hugely among Christians, though one or two maybe, and they teach about an impassive God, a God who has no emotion, a God who doesn't feel anything, a God who is so far removed. But when we read scripture, we read that that's not the, that's not the heart of Father God, it's not Jesus, it's not the Holy Spirit who is grieved, that's not what the Bible teaches. But I love this last bit. Jesus said to her, don't cry. Now, was Jesus saying to her, pull yourself together. Stiff up her lip. Don't let the side down. Come on, gather yourself up and put your brave face forward. That's not what Jesus was on about when he said don't cry. Jesus wasn't afraid of crying. Jesus himself wept openly publicly. A lot of people when they came to Jesus, such was the turmoil and the chaos and the heartache and the sickness in their lives, they would weep in front of him. People wept openly and they weren't too concerned with their image. And Jesus Christ is not saying here, put up a stiff upper lip and don't let the side down. No, Jesus is prophetically saying, don't cry. Why? Because a life is coming. He's saying, don't cry because an unexpected and unforeseen blessing is coming into your experience. And you didn't even ask for it. I know some people get very uncomfortable with this. Hang on a while, are you saying I shouldn't pray? No, I'm not saying that. I passionately believe in praying and interceding and fasting and seeking God's face. And so often the Bible teaches us, bring your requests before the Lord. That is a huge part of God's economy. But it is also part of God's economy. That sometimes without a prayer even being uttered, he shows up and he just brings an unexpected blessing. And that's what we see here. So don't cry is prophetic, brothers and sisters. Not only that, we read that Jesus went up and touched the coffin. So the man is in a coffin. We all know what a coffin is. And he's been carried out. And the hand of Jesus rests on the coffin. We read there earlier, everybody suddenly went still. No noise. It's like everyone there knew, well, 
Something is changing. The air is shifting. There's something going to happen here. I don't know what it is. I can't make it out. But, oh my goodness, something is happening. You know, we're told it was the hand of Jesus. And it's on the coffin. Can I speak prophetically to some people today and say, you have a dead situation. Your situation is like... Um, it's like you, you feel there's death in it. Maybe it's a marriage or a career or a health issue or, or a ministry or something in the family. See, the hand of Jesus was on this young man's coffin, but he was still dead. He's still dead, but the hand of Jesus is on it. And for some of us today, it's a time thing. The hand of Jesus is on our situation. It's on our problem. It's on our big issue. And still there's death there. And this is where some people faint spiritually and give up. But the hand of Jesus is on the coffin. Don't give up. Hang on in there. If the hand of Jesus is on this situation, it can only lead to life. Hallelujah. Anyone out there say amen. amen. Say amen. You can write it down. The hand of Jesus is on some people's situations. You don't see the life yet, but the life is coming. I love as well the fact that this was obviously an open coffin. Jesus looked directly into the face of death. Here's a young man. Maybe he was only 18. We celebrated Paul Arabosaya's birthday 18. Maybe he was 20. We don't know his age, but he was young. He was way before his time. And Jesus, with this open coffin, looked into his face. Now, if you've never had a death of someone close to you, you might go, what's the thing about an open coffin? I remember when my mother died. We loved our mother. She was a kind, generous, selfless person. And I remember the night she died, and all of us as a family, we brought the children up first to say goodbye to her. We were all crying. And then I remember a couple of hours later, just my siblings and myself, we were sitting around her bed. And I remember when she breathed her last. And we wept again. Our mum was dead. Um, and then we had the funeral. And I remember the last service in the uh, funeral home, the funeral director asked everybody to leave the funeral home to give the family some privacy. They pulled a curtain across and the open coffin, there wasn't a lid on it, was open, but they were about to close the coffin. And you know, it was almost as if for those three days before the coffin was closed, my mother was like, for us, emotionally, in between death and life, yes, she was dead, but we could still see her face. We could still gaze on her. And I remember we all went up and kissed her. And, you know, she was dead, so she was cold. There was no life there. But as soon as the coffin was closed, I remember we said to one another, we'll never see her face again, not in this life. And it was final. And a lot of us have a coffin situation, brothers, Sisters, there's no lid in your coffin. Amen. And Jesus is passing by. Amen. It's an open coffin. It's an open coffin. And Jesus looked directly into the face of death. And Jesus said, I declare to you, get up. I love it when Jesus makes a declaration, the authority, he comes against death itself and he declares life because he's a life giver. 
and he speaks to him and he says, get up. And maybe God is speaking into your situation, into your dead relationship, into your broken heart, into your illness, into your financial issue. And he's saying, get up. He's bringing life. And I love what happened because we're told that the dead man got up and he began to speak. Now, isn't there a movie or a book, Dead Men Don't Talk? Michael, is there a movie? Is There's that a movie? movie? Both. Both. Dead men don't talk. So when he started talking, it's a sign he's alive. But I always smile. If you're of a serious and sensitive disposition, maybe go and make a cup of tea for the next 60 seconds. Because I just want to say, every time I read this, I smile. I often wonder, was he an Irishman? Because Irish people love to talk. And the first thing he did was he started talking. Did he kiss the Blarney Stone? <laughs> Um, and I often wonder, I was, read, I was watching a YouTube documentary about people in Scandinavia, particularly Sweden, how you get to lean up in Denmark, and um, up there, the culture there hates small talk. Whereas in Ireland, people love small talk. And Irish people do a load of small talk, and it doesn't mean anything. The Swedes call it cold talk, or dead talk. They don't like it. Just give the information. But in Ireland, we connect on an emotional level first. So we'll talk about the weather, and we'll talk about the football, or the politics, or whatever, celebrity, whatever, and we'll, or the traffic. And we'll talk about that, not to be giving an opinion, but just to emotionally try and make a connection, make the other person a little bit more relaxed. Just try and move forward and show a bit of kindness and humanity. So Irish people love small talk. And this guy, the first thing he does is he starts talking. We, you know, I always smile at it. Anyway, I hope you're back from your cup of tea if you're of a sensitive disposition. Jesus said, get up, and the dead man starts to talk. Life is coming into the situation, and look what happens. Jesus gave him back to his mother. I wonder, are there mothers watching in? And your relationship with your son feels as if it's dead. Well, the Jesus I know restores even dead relationships. Hallelujah. When we think of relationships, we think of husbands, wives, absolutely. But, you know, there's a lot of other very important relationships in life. Not least adult kids and parents and all of that. Friends brothers, sisters, all this kind of thing. Jesus restores the relationship. He gave him back to his mother. I'm just going to pause for one second and I'm going to pray that God will restore sons to mothers, daughters to fathers, mothers and fathers to sons. I'm going to pray that in the name of Jesus. If there is anyone watching who has a relationship with a son or a daughter that feels like it's dead, will you do what you did to this woman? Will you give that son or daughter, as it were, back to the mother or father? Will you give the mother or father, if it's the other way around, back to the son or daughter? Give friendships back. Bring marriages back, if that is the prayer. Holy Spirit, move in power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 He gave the son back to his mother. Death robs us of relationships. Pride robs us of friends and family members. Anger, all of the, the things listed in scripture that we should avoid, it, it just kills relationship and sometimes hits someone else's issue and you're a victim of it and I get that. But whatever is robbed by death, the Jesus I know, 
comes to bring life. And so, brothers and sisters, what I would say is Jesus is a funeral breaker. It is totally unexpected. It is an unforeseen, unexpected blessing. And Jesus comes in and he breaks up the funeral, talking about a disruptor. Disruptor. But nobody's complaining. And when we begin to look further, we can see right throughout Scripture, when Jesus went to um, raise Jairus' daughter from the dead, you can read it in Luke 12, we're told, he put the mourners out of the room. Remember, they were the official mourners. They were crying, but it was fake crying, or as we say in Cork, machia crying. Jesus said, she's not dead. What did they do? They laughed at him. But Jesus wasn't having that. He just put the naysayers out of the room and he got on with the business and he raised her to life. He broke up the funeral and he gave no apologies for doing it. What about when Lazarus was dead? And they said to Jesus, you can't roll back the stone, Lord. The smell of death, it'll be four days overpowering. And Jesus said, roll back the stone. I'm not afraid of the smell of death because I'm bringing life. He broke up the funeral. And even if you move into the New Testament, after Jesus had ascended to heaven in the early Christian church, we read of a woman called Dorcas who lost her life. And when Peter went to pray over the dead woman, we're told that all the women in the church were weeping and they were showing Peter all of the crafts and the knitting or the embroidery, whatever it was, that what the gifts she had made. And they were weeping. And even though this was a Christian situation, a Christian church with good Christian people there, Peter put them out. Why? Because he wanted to break up the funeral. Even in the church sometimes, people can be so taken up with what they've lost it's like we need someone to come in and disrupt it. The Holy Spirit is a disruptor. Mm. And Peter put those good people out just for a moment. And he brought Dorcas by the power of the Lord back to life. Mm -hmm. So he is a funeral breaker and he continues to break up funerals today. The poet Emily Dickinson wrote, I felt a funeral in my brain. Some people are at funerals ever before they happen. They think, oh, my marriage is over. Oh, my job is gone. Oh, I'm going to be bankrupt. Oh, he'll never or she'll never say hello to me again. We go to funerals ever before they happen. And you know what? The God I know is a funeral breaker. We sing waymaker, miracle worker. How about funeral breaker as well? Because that's the God I know. Is there no death? Of course there's death. I'm not some stupid preacher who's in denial. Of course there's death. And I don't know why sometimes Jesus brings life and in other times he doesn't. I don't have that answer. But I do know in my own experience and as a pastor for 30 years that the God I love and serve is someone who constantly breaks up funerals. And I don't have huge amount of time to tell you of Abigail who became the wife of David totally unexpectedly when he was in the middle of a big situation a big problem God raised up Abigail and her husband died and she became David's wife unexpected I wonder how many are praying for a partner a future husband or wife 
and totally unexpected. God is going to give you someone because you're following the Lord. David was doing God's work and he raised up Abigail. How about Jesus healing the blind man, John 9? This is one of numerous situations where the blind man was doing his own thing and Jesus is coming by and he heals him. We don't read of prayer looking for healing. Jesus is passing by and he brings healing unexpected, unforeseen. It comes upon him. In the Irish language, we would say, if you want to say I'm hungry, you'd say ta ukrasurum. I'm thirsty, ta tartarum. I'm tired, ta tershakurum. It just comes upon you. You see, we don't like to admit we own it, you know. But in, in Ireland, we get the thing, something comes upon you. And sometimes that blessing comes upon you and upon me unexpectedly. What about Cyrus? Final point. Cyrus builds the temple. Here is a pagan emperor. Now, this is interesting. The most powerful man in the world. We just saw a man called Joe Biden elected president of the USA, now to become the most powerful man in the world. And those of us in Ireland are just looking, here's a guy who loves Ireland. The first country he wants to visit is Ireland and all of this. Now, I don't know what impact that has, and I'm not drawing spiritual analogies out of it, but I do know that the most powerful man in the world back then was Cyrus, and unexpectedly God moved on this pagan heart, and he said, build the temple to the living God in Jerusalem, and let Jerusalem as a city be built up again. And the whole nation, after decades of destruction, was built up again. Why? Because unexpectedly, God moved on a man called Cyrus. So what is God going to do in your life unexpectedly? What are the unforeseen blessings that will come into your family, your home? All we're thinking is unex unexpected or unforeseen problems with the virus or the economy or something. Well, maybe God has something a little better for you. I come to a conclusion by quoting a man that I've been reading up a lot about recently, quoted him last week. He ministered in the north of England over a hundred years ago with the awful name Smith Wigglesworth, and he said this, I can get more out of God by believing him for one minute than by shouting at him all night. I can get more out of God by believing him for one minute than shouting at him all night. Or by crying all night. Or by moaning all day and all night. How about we believe God for one minute. And that we pray that the unexpected blessing is part of our economy too. I'm sure many of you watching on can give wonderful testimony about how God out of the blue blessed you. Some of you can't say that. I'm going to pray for those who've never experienced it. You're going to experience it. And how about... That many of you who experienced it before, that that would be part of what you experience again. The unexpected blessings, your unexpected blessings, by the grace of God, that he'll move. And that when our neighbours and our unbelieving friends and family are going out with a cloud over their head, that you go out with a blessing over your head, over my head. And we know that God is something better for us than doom and gloom that the world is on about now. 
we're going to sing, Mike is going to sing, Waymaker, Miracle Worker. And we're not going to sing the words Funeral Breaker, but the implication is, maybe God will break up the funeral in your brain, in your life. Michael, and then we'll pray. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. And even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. Way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. Christian thing and pray and I'm going to pray prophetically I hope into the lives of those who've had an unexpected problem maybe it's your health or any of many things I'm going to pray an unexpected and unforeseen blessing and that you will be like that widow in name yes are we okay to pray that so let's pray by the power of the Holy Spirit of our God, we ask you, Jesus, that into the heart and mind of every man and woman, boy and girl watching, whether they're in Cork, in Ireland, or anywhere around the world, we pray now, Lord Jesus, unexpected, unforeseen blessings into the future of my brothers and sisters. For those who never had it happen before, may it happen very soon and for those who saw it a long time ago may it happen again restore relationships that were broken up by death be the life giver into all of our experiences and we thank you that you are the God who when you're passing by you don't just keep walking Lord you're moved in your heart by what you see and so we pray Lord be moved into our lives. I don't know if you're watching, but Celine Mulcair, the Lord is saying to you, an unforeseen blessing for you and for your children. Sinead, Marcus, Sophia, I believe the Lord is saying, have a peace and a rest in your soul. I don't know if it's an answer to prayer. I actually don't think it is. I think it is totally unexpected. But God is going to do an unexpected, unforeseen blessing into the life of your family. Come, Holy Spirit, and move in your power and in your might into the Mulcair household, into all our households. We pray in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen.
going to get Michael to finish off the song. It's wonderful to connect with you guys. We're going to sing for a few moments. Then Michael is, we're going to put up a, a worship video continuing with the theme. Can I encourage and ask you, after the song is finished, that we do community together. A lot of people contacted me on WhatsApp and text last week saying, we watch on different platforms live. I don't even know those platforms. And we can't communicate, but our hearts and souls are with you. But just say hello. Say God bless you. Say God bless your week ahead. And may you know an unexpected blessing for your future. And for our future, Michael. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen.